This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today in the studio are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vassar, also the TSO music director, Elaine Trudell, and our director of marketing, Vanessa Gardner. Welcome, all three of you. Hello. Nice to have you. We actually have had you in the studio for two weeks in a row, Elaine. It's wonderful to have you here. Um, We're talking today about this program, which is called Passion and Intrigue, and it gives us an opportunity to talk about two very important uh, German composers, right, of the Mm -hmm. 19th century and into the 20th century. That would be Richard Wagner as well as Richard Strauss. Uh, you've also got music of Samuel Coleridge Taylor on here, which is an interesting, an interesting piece that is great for, for full orchestra. It's a wonderful program. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. But let, first of all, let's get um, a little bit of an overview. Why these three composers in this particular program? Well, we wanted to. Um, first of all, it started with we had some Wagner on the program because we had we were paying homage to uh, to very, some very special people, and Zach will talk a bit more about that later on. And uh, Wagner, we wanted to present. You know, we always think of Wagner as an epic composer, mm-hmm. but he also has this wonderful moment of tenderness in his music and intimacy, and uh, we wanted to focus on that also. Uh, so we start with Siegfried. Idel, Idel, Siegfried Idel, or Idel, I think in English. Yeah. That, that, and, and the bookend of the program, the other bookend, are the Wessendonck leader, which are the leaders that he wrote for the Wessendonck, the family, but you know, he was having an affair with the, the yeah, Madame Matilda Wessendonck. Yeah, yeah, anyway, complicated. All that, all those things in the Romantic era is very complicated and very messy. Well, Wagner but, had a habit, though, of getting <sighs> cozy with the guy and then stealing his wife. Cozy? <laughs> I, 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 would even say, yeah. I would even say Cosima. Yeah. <laughs> very those, good. For those who don't know, that was the name of his wife, who used to be the wife of Hans uh, uh, Bülow, who was yeah. the conductor, mm-hmm. who was the person who was championing Wagner's music. How bad is that? Yeah. Cosima was also the daughter of Franz Liszt. Exactly. (laughs) So there's a whole incestuous thing going on there, music incestuous. But but let's put that aside. (laughs) (laughs) Good choice. Good choice. And let's just talk about. I mean, he certainly could. (laughs) Yeah. And and. uh, you, you can hear in the, in those two works. Uh, what, it's interesting because it has the Siegfried. It has uh, it's well, Siegfried was his son, their son, mm-hmm. and he, he wrote this as a gift to Cosima after he gave birth and around her birthday, which was around Christmas time, and he had all the musicians inside his house so that's why it's not a piece for huge orchestra they were everywhere and he did, the conductor that's why there's a very very small trumpet part in it because it was the conductor was the trumpet player <laughs> and, he, and he conducted and he, he made one of the secret like not calls but the you know, theme in it and so you mean like the horn call the, no no not the no. horn call like just the trumpet uh, oh, okay. you know the, the right from Siegfried no 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 the, 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 the horn call from that which is <laughs> some of my finest work yes yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that the yeah. uh, Wagner's brass music but go ahead now and between those two uh, and and of course the um, the Wessendonck leader he used also to do as preparation for Tristan and Isolde. So they're, they're very important works. They're intimate, but very mm-hmm. important. And they lead up to big operas as well. Yeah. Uh, staying in the world of opera, staying in Germanic opera, 
I wanted to uh, to add to this program one of you know my favorite piece and Mer- Merwin's favorite piece and a lot of our favorite piece is Rosen Cavalier, right? So after after Strauss wrote those uh, shocking opera like Salome, Electra, uh, the the don't spoil my quiz. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he finally went back to you know later in his life to. Because his idol was Mozart, right? But he went back to uh, it's like a, it's not a pastiche. It's a, it's a tribute, I think, you mm-hmm. know, to those days mm-hmm. of old. And at the same time, you can hear the end of an era. And I think Merwin mentioned that yeah. in the last week. It's a, it's the end of an era. You can hear that. So it goes from mm-hmm. Wagner, who stretched the the harmony, uh, the concept of harmony, said so the most, the concept of instrumentation, in his most intimate part. And then Strauss with the Rosenkavalier, which is. This uh, that's why we, it's called passion and intrigue, right? The passion yeah. is on the Strauss side, intrigue because of opera. There's so much intrigue in it, <laughs> but the 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 the, the valse suite. Well, the, it's the suite from the Rosenkavalier, and the valse part in it is very important because it's a tribute. You know, it's like the end of the valse era. And that brings us to we wanted to each concert. You know, this year we have a composer, a BIPOC composer. And it's very important for us to uh, underline uh, diversity in our programming. So there's a wonderful uh, Samuel Coleridge-Taylor, English black composer, who wrote a set of characteristic valses. So we're going to, after the Strauss valses, we're going to go into his valses. And it's interesting because I, I the first one I program was the the valse of the Queen. So in the Strauss, it's a, in the Rosenkavalier, it's set you know, a lot of it in nobility in big brackets, mm-hmm. <laughs> nobility. Yeah. If you know the opera, especially, <laughs> but it, and so this is like the middle of our program, and the bookends are the Wagner. So that's how the program is built. It, it, it's so interesting, and I see this all the time in almost every concert. There's there's such a sense of thoughtfulness. But originality that goes hand in hand with which, with each of these concerts. I mean, most programmers would be happy enough to say, "Hey, we got a we got a Richard and Richard show here, <laughs> Strauss and Wagner, and you know it's going to be a big epic afternoon. Come see us." But you've also thrown in Samuel Collers Taylor yeah. in, into the mix as well, which I think is really interesting, a really interesting approach. Let's tell the story of the Weizendonk leader or the Weizendonk <laughs> yeah. songs. I mean, they're named for Matilda Weizendonk. You talked True. a little bit about, you know, Wagner had the affair, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But these are based on, like, the letters? Or what, what, how, how do these come about? I think that um, the song came about. Of course, there, there's always at some point a, a quote-unquote commission, right? Because... Mm-hmm. Especially Wagner, right? He lived. He he would go around and uh, you have to you have to give me some money to write this. And uh, Wagner is quite well known in history. It's a known fact for not being the nicest of guys, right? Yeah. And uh, it's kind of a, which is something that today would be impossible. It's like don't judge the the person, judge the work, or something like that. Right. And uh, for me personally, I mean, you know, we plays music, of course. There's some great music in there, uh, but it's it's kind of. A little difficult. I am tormented sometimes when I program his music because I'm conducting this. I'm not tormented about the Siegfried Idyll because it's very personal. It's their life is this something. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter. Sometimes, you know, beginning relationships can be messy. So it, it was mm-hmm. messy with <laughs> this started with with his wife because she was with somebody else at the beginning, which we do not recommend. And the Toledo Symphony does mm-hmm. not. Uh, Approve, yeah. Condone his behavior, but you do condone. No, no, we do actually. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I do. It's just me. <laughs> and but but you know sometimes yeah you know, it's messy and then but but there's lots of love in the Siegfried Edith, huh? mm-hmm. birth of a child and how much love he has for Cosima, respect for her and all that. But at the same time we go into Wissendorfleder, and there's this series of letters that they have between each other and it's. It's kind of a, again, the same thing. Wagner goes somewhere. It's kind of, he goes somewhere. He sees something he wants. He just goes for it. It doesn't care about whatever is around him. That's the part that I don't enjoy about the person. But those incredible works of art came from it. So it's kind of, ugh. I'm always ambivalent about that. But the Wessendonck leader, what's amazing about it is that the inspiration behind it, because, you know, Wagner, he has the inspiration, but he was always somewhere else in his mind. He wasn't the next, next thing. So he was already thinking of Tristan and Isolde. So maybe, you know, a lot of people, they thrive on conflict Mm. or they thrive on chaos, especially a romantic era. But but we all know people like that, right? I mean, they they do exist. (laughs) You say, oh, why does it have to be so complicated? Why do we have to fight? And and, and there are people like that, right? So Wagner was, he needed to create this chaos to be the master of that domain. Mm. And at the end, there would be a work of art, incredible, that would come out of that. And the Wissendonck leader are not a minor work. It's a Mm. major your work and the first time I conducted them and I, I told you that before was with Ben Hepner the oh, wonderful wow. Heldon tenor and I learned so much that, that's the thing you know when you're a conductor you learn so much from the people you work with you know and for me I learned what it was to sing in German so basically <laughs> my my the, the the left side of my suit was wet completely from the the spit uh-huh. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> no no but at the same time that's a projection and also to do it with somebody who's done Tristan so many mm-hmm. times and it was like a master of that I kind of got the depth of it and I was like wow yeah. Thank you very much for the master class, Ben. <laughs> you know. Well, you're bringing back some memories for me of my early singing days. Uh, when I was still in college, I um, did some Strauss operas with uh, Seiji Ozawa, mm. and I did the recording of one of the Electra with. Uh, it was Krista Ludwig was the Clytemnestra. Wow. Hildegard Behrens was Electra. <laughs> I mean, it was just a huge all-star cast. I remember sitting at Carnegie Hall backstage with James King, speaking of Hilton Tenors, <laughs> and him asking me for vitamin C drops because his throat <laughs> was kind of scratchy. And <laughs> and um, so, you know, I was back there feeding him stuff. I sang the Younger Diener, right? You blink your ears, you'll miss it. But it's a, <laughs> it's a really high part and a lot of stuff to it. And I do remember in rehearsals, Ozawa would would point at Hildegard Behrens and then point at me and you say like how's this German and she'd be like it's okay (laughs) (laughs) that that was the extent of like my German training there Mm -hmm. except for one time when we were making the recording the producer yelled out over the microphone tell the tenor the word is felt right (laughs) evidently I was saying the word field incorrectly (laughs) so I had to do that five times (laughs) um, it's more heartfelt that way yeah but but the opportunity to watch people like Hildegard Behrens or Krista Ludwig especially uh, sing these roles I mean it was just so fantastic anyway Uh you know enough about me what what do you have to say about me no but Krista yeah but Krista Ludwig is one of the best examples of it like such a professional you know, inspiration yeah. meets hard work, you know? Yeah, it's like totally. all the best people, they work like they, they have no talent, but they have mm-hmm. all the talent in the world, you know? Well, she was legendary. She yeah. sang a little Mahler. Yeah, I knew that Mahler <laughs> was going to come into this. And, and actually, if you look, 
Right here on my script sack, I wrote the word Mahler. Well, (laughs) let me uh, take that segue into a totally different direction. Uh, Not about Mahler, but there's something about this program that I love, and it's the fact that um, the Wesendank is to Wagner as the four last songs for me are to Strauss. It's Mm -hmm. these two wonderful song cycles by uh, composers who really knew how to set the orchestra in a very romantic uh, case. And for Wagner, it's it's songs of love. For uh, Strauss, it was songs of farewell. But they're just beautifully done. So I always put those two in the same little set of my Venn diagram of music. And uh, this is a piece, the, 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 the leader, that I've, I've always wanted to see performed here. But we finally found the right time to do it. Wonderful. Very good. Yay! I do have a quiz. I want to get into the first uh, part of this quiz, and then we, I want to talk about some of this great brass music, and especially the French horn music, maybe the trombone music of, of Wagner. And uh, since we have two luminaries of their respective <laughs> instruments here in the luminaries. studio with us. I'm going to need to keep that sound bite for myself. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let me pull up some music now. I thought about for the quiz, which is entitled Richard or Richard, or it could be Richard or Richard, <laughs> right? If you want to get all Germany about it. Are we getting uh, Richard Rogers on this? Yes, Richard <laughs> Rogers. That, that was on one of the qu- quiz questions quite a while ago. But uh, I, I was thinking of what quiz music would work, and I didn't want to favor one over the other, so not Strauss, not Wagner. So I went with Johann Strauss. I figured that was a nice kind of little compromise, so we'll bring that up. So you have to walk a tightrope and answer the quiz questions at the same time. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give you a clue, and you tell me if it's Richard or if it's Richard. Are we writing okay. our answers? Or, or yeah, we're serious? writing your answers. Okay. And don't, don't blurt it out. Okay. So it's RW for Richard Wagner <laughs> or, or RS for Richard Strauss, right? <laughs> In my best classical music announcery voice. Okay. This person wrote their first play at the age of 13 and started music lessons so they could learn how to write music for the play. Was that Strauss or Wagner? Give you two more clues here. His first complete opera was never performed in his lifetime. Was that Strauss or Wagner? And finally, his art was heavily influenced by his father. Was that Richard Strauss or Richard Wagner. Okay. So we'll come back and check on those answers a little bit later. Let me bring down the quiz music. Very good. So let's talk about some of the music itself, right? Well, Richard Strauss obviously sort of follows from Wagner. Uh, Wagner was a big influence on Strauss when he was young, although Strauss's father forbade him to, <laughs> you know, to to go that that route early on. And it's a really weird story because Strauss's father, Franz, was a famous horn player in Bavaria. He actually played in the premiere of uh, it was Wagner's was it Tristan or one of the other operas that premiered there, and he hated Wagner's music. Right. Well, he especially hated the conductor who was doing Wagner's music. He was principal owner of the Munich Orchestra. Yeah. And Vans Bülow and Strauss were, it's notable in the history of music how much they hated each other. Yeah. And Vans Bülow was the, the conductor who, uh, who, uh, who pushed all Wagner's music. Well, before Wagner, or, well, no, even after, before and after Wagner left with his wife. But anyway, that's something else. <laughs> but you have a much better <laughs> relationship with your horn players. Oh, right? yes, absolutely. <laughs> 
So there's a lot to be said there, but it also, you know, it just brings up the fact that, that Richard Strauss was very much influenced by the sound of the horn. His father was a famous mm-hmm. French horn player. Strauss wrote two concertos for that instrument. You weren't giving away the answer to the previous yes, question. Yes, I was. Okay, very okay. <laughs> but we're not going to, we're going to get to that at the end. <laughs> we'll see if you still, we'll see if you, if you don't get that one right, then you're in trouble. And, uh, of course, Wagner, you know, with his light motifs and his themes that everybody uses in movie scores nowadays, he really used the horn to great heroic effect. So what is it about the horn that that describes these kinds of feelings and emotions? I think the horn is the greatest instrument in the orchestra. I mean, it's so... Spoken vers- like a true hornist. <laughs> it's so versatile. Um, that it, it's in a woodwind quintet and a brass quintet. Mm-hmm. It has so many different timbres, and you know, um, players can actually do so much with the instrument either by slightly adjusting their hand position or even adjusting the way that their throat is opened or closed when they play. It's 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 a chameleon almost. You know, yeah. sometimes it doubles the cello, and mm-hmm. and it sounds like one instrument. And I I just it's. Strauss and John Williams are why horn players play the horn. <laughs> Strauss and John Williams. Forget and Wagner. Der, Der Rosenkavalier is actually the first Strauss piece that I was ever introduced to in my private lessons as a young horn player. I'd never heard of Strauss and my horn teacher. I think I somewhere still have the part that he gave me to yeah. the opening of the suite. So, mm-hmm. Well, um, there's a lot of Strauss, but also Wagner was out there inventing his own brass instruments because, right. you know, he wanted bigger and, and mm-hmm. broader and deeper and louder. Can You want to talk a little bit, Elaine, about your experience with Wagner as a, as a world-famous trombonist? <laughs> <laughs> well... Uh, well, actually, what you were talking about, the inventing instruments, that you wanted to have that sound that was dark and uh, conical, not too cylindrical like trumpets and trombones, but uh, this conical sound that would go, it's like the sound of a tuba, but getting higher and something that's between the horns and the tuba. So you, so it, it didn't exist. So finally, they just uh, made a Wagnerian tuba, <laughs> a tuban, huh? a Wagnerian yeah. tuban. And actually, we have a very nice set of mm-hmm. Wagnerian tuba at the orchestra. It's amazing. And mm-hmm. uh, of course, uh, Bruckner uh, used it after that. And it's, you know, you even have some in the Rite of Spring. People don't really know that, but there's two tubans in the and Rite of Spring. And Strauss, too. Yeah, Strauss. Alpine, yeah. Alpine Symphony. Alpine. Yeah. So I almost made it my whole career without playing the Wagner tuba. And then we did a, a concert on the Esplanade in Boston, and, and I, I just couldn't escape it any longer. <laughs> so I finally yeah. had to buckle down. <laughs> it's hard for tuning, yeah, that, that thing. Uh, well, also because the instruments, I mean, there can be some really bad yeah. Wagner tubas in the world. Yeah. And, and so they are a little finicky. How about Wagner tubists? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> if you find a good horn player, you can find a good Wagner tuber yeah. yeah. player. Now, there, now, not to pit the trombone against the French horn here, but but we do it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> like those who would win. I'm, books, I'm right? divorced from one, so. <laughs> <laughs> so now, who would you choose, Wagner or Strauss, if you only had one composer? <sighs> Mahler? Finish out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know who Zach would choose. I, I think I would choose Strauss because there's just more in that catalog. Um, there's yeah. variety. Speaking there's as a French hornist, yeah. 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 I mean, there's meat and potatoes in Wagner, but, you know, once once the opera's done, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
You can move on. You can move on. Elaine, speaking as a trombonist, only oh. a trombonist, not only a conductor, a not a composer, not yeah. a musician. Well, I guess a trombonist is a musician, but <laughs> as, as a, uh, I'm not sure about that actually. Speaking, yeah. speaking as a trombonist, uh, Strauss or Wagner? Oh, that's a good question. The and don't say Richard. <laughs> the, the 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 thing about Strauss is that it has so much variety. It's not only opera; it's symphonic poems, you know, it's wonderful tone poems that he wrote. Um, but you know, the trombone parts on the Wagner are pretty spectacular. Yeah. I have to say, <laughs> yeah. they're very very spectacular trombone parts in Strauss. Uh, if I'm just talking as a trombone player, the operas are wonderful. The tone poems, it's okay, but we don't have so much to play compared to to the horns. But I have to say, the horn is also my favorite instrument. So even if I play the trombone, oh. I, I win. I, yeah, I know what <laughs> I'm, I uh, often I get that comment that I, the trombone when I play it sounds more like a bit more like a horn than mm -hmm. a trombone. It's because that's the sound that's stuck in my ear, you know. So I, no. I, you, the you best do, <laughs> no, no, but really, you, you play the instrument like what you hear. So for me, and I discovered that I had pretty good horn chops, but I was too late. I already had a, a trombone career going, so I just kept going. Yeah. <laughs> well, two things come you to mind. You had the arm for the trombone, <laughs> not for the <clears throat> for the slide. Yeah. Um. So you want to make sure that none of the TSO horn players hear what you just said, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they, heard, they're, they're, they heard us say the horn is the best instrument uh, and Alain's favorite instrument is uh, the horn. They know. They exactly. We would be happy for they them know. to know that. Well, you can't they play favorites, so. <laughs> they, they rarely <laughs> get the hand. <laughs> it's fine. Well, see, and then this relates to that famous Strauss quote, don't encourage yeah. the brass, right? Mm -hmm. right, right. Yeah. Don't look should, at the brass. Don't look, don't at, don't look at the brass. And it's actually don't look at the trombones. Right. <laughs> it's not the brass. It says don't look at the trombones. It only encourages them. Yeah. You're just... Then you can give a little side eye to the horn players and maybe <laughs> see what happens out of that. I want to jump into a couple more quiz questions here. Let me pull up the uh, springtime waltz. This is a drinking song, basically. If you move your, your mug back and forth. That was last week. You'll see what I'm what I'm talking about. Okay. This this composer, <laughs> Strauss or Wagner, Richard or Richard, he took musical advice he took musical advice from his dog. Hmm. Okay. He was a college dropout. One of his operas caused a public scandal and was banned in many cities, including Chicago and New York, which had the effect of making it extremely popular because everybody had to go see this banned opera, right? So three different questions, three different answers. R, W, or R, S. Wait, there was three questions? Yeah, it's Oops. not all about one composer. Oh, <laughs> I mean, oh. it could be, I need a but it's, it's three, sorry, three have, different questions. You okay. lost already. I have two. What was the third? <laughs> what was the middle one? Yeah. Um, he was a college dropout. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So that's okay. either Richard or Richard. I thought that was Richard. an additional question. Yeah, okay. I thought it was more clues. Yeah, because the, the, the first one were clues, right? I like how we're, we're yeah, trying these to are all clues, debate with the, uh, the teacher for extra credit. I've done five <laughs> so far. Five oh my questions. Five? Okay, Wait, no. Seriously? All yeah. three of us. I'm at three. Uh, no. no. I'm, I, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Sorry. Sorry, Brad. <laughs> Let's fail. go back. Oh, no, 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 no. We'll just See, I told you this was confusing. Just, okay. just give us a number going forward. The quiz we'll... is Ricard or Ricard. <laughs> okay. The, oh, okay. The first clue, and each one of these clues is answered by yeah. a different composer. Uh -huh. It could be mm -hmm. RS or RW. So, so, everything you, you say is a question, right? Yeah. Okay, good. 
Okay. Go. He wrote his first play at age 13 and started music lessons to learn how to write for it. Okay. Okay, okay that's clue one. That's, okay, that's clue one. Okay. Clue two is he completed his first opera, but it was never performed in his lifetime. Obviously, he completed his first opera. His first complete opera was never performed in his lifetime. Okay? Okay. For some reason, I have the Goonies written down here. I don't know what that is. Okay. His art was heavily influenced by his father. That's clue number three. Okay. Number four is he took musical advice from his dog, R.S. or R.W. He was a college dropout, again, R.S. or R.W. Okay. And one of his operas called The Public Scandal, blah, blah, blah. Got it. Became extremely popular. <laughs> okay. 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 Got it. All right. And just so you know, there are four more questions. All okay, right? good. Oh, geez. But before we get to that, let's uh, turn it over to Zach for a second because... Uh, my ears perked up and my eyes perked up when I saw Samuel Coleridge Taylor on this program because there is that was a composer that in his day was viewed as sort of a successor to mm-hmm. uh, Mahler, Gustav Mahler, mm-hmm. and I, I, <laughs> your favorite composer, oh, Zach, okay. right? Mm-hmm. It, it, I'm sure that you answered Mahler to several of these quiz questions. Already. Yeah, actually, I, I've crossed a lot of the Mahlers out. Once you told me it was Ricard versus Ricard, I'm like, <laughs> yes. where's Gustav? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Where's Gustav? That'll be like the, the title of your autobiography. So, Zach, take it away. What's the question? What's the question? <laughs> There's no question. You're just taking it away. <laughs> like Calgon. I'm going to call you Calgon now. I know, Elaine has to go. So, all of that aside, what what for you is the connection here between Mahler and, and what we're talking about? Pass. <laughs> All right, so b- between between Mahler and Wagner and Strauss, uh, these are uh, late Romantic composers who are very um, very much exploring the outer limits of what an orchestra can accomplish. So we talked a little bit about how Wagner was making different instruments. We talked about how Mahler kept growing the size of the orchestra, and Strauss was carrying that tradition later into history as, you know, Stravinsky was already a kind of, you know, an old timer by the time we were hearing the four last songs by Strauss. So, you know, they each kind of did something in an excessive way um, that that made their music so purely late romantic um, and so purely them. Uh, and and I think if, if you like one composer, you usually like the others. And, and that actually is an interesting segue into... Um, one of the reasons that we're we're very excited for this this weekend, um, we're, we're celebrating uh, as a memorial tribute uh, to the Arnis family. Um, I remember having a uh, lunch with Dick Arnis, um, where we talked about how much he liked Wagner and how much he didn't like Mahler. <laughs> so <laughs> I felt very much wow, on the Wow, you were the simpatico of, there. Well, I, had, I was on the backs of my feet there because I, I, I needed uh, to understand how you could be so excited about one but not the other. And in talking to his son, uh, Rick, over the last several years, we've we found at least one artist who's interested in, in Mahler now. So <laughs> I, I claim that as a victory. But... Um, you know the the uh, the conversation I remember having with Dick about about Wagner was so heartfelt, and uh, when he passed, uh, you know, we we knew that we wanted to do something to acknowledge um, all the generosity that they've given to the orchestra over the years. So um, we originally were going to do the Ring Without Words at the end of the 1920 season, right. and the pandemic got in the way. 
and then we talked about uh, bringing uh, the Passion and Intrigue concert into last season, the 2021 season, and the pandemic again got in the way. <laughs> uh, and here we are uh, for the third time and, and very excited to present it. But the Siegfried Idol was really um, the piece of memorial that we had conceived. Uh, and it's a, it's a, it's a very beautiful uh, and very sincere work by Wagner. And I think that you can think about Wagner as a, as a brassy, flashy composer, but this is, you know, a really great example of him as his most sincere, and and that's how we like to pay tribute. Well, we haven't mentioned this yet, but the uh, concert is happening this weekend, Friday and Saturday, October fifteenth and sixteenth. It's at eight o'clock p.m. at the Toledo Museum of Art, Paris style. Passion and Intrigue is the name of a music of Richard Wagner, Richard Strauss, as well as Samuel Coleridge Taylor. Elaine Trudell is conducting. And you can find more information at ToledoSymphony.com or call up that box office at 419-246-8000. Let's finish up our quiz and uh, see if we can see how we did on this. Before we finish it up, let me bring in some of the music here. <laughs> Get out your, your beers. Okay. Where were we? All right. Seven. This composer was infamously associated with the Nazi party. Was it Wagner or Strauss? Hmm. <laughs> he was fond of wearing heavy perfume, silk underwear, ruffled shirts, and women's jackets. Would that be Strauss or Wagner? He was an expert card player. <laughs> Richard Strauss you or Richard Wagner? I have a story about that. <laughs> and finally, he died from a heart attack after fighting with his wife over another woman. Okay, so we got them all. Let's go back and do the rundown, see how we did, okay? okay. So this is the honor system. Okay, he wrote his first play at age 13, started music lessons to learn how to write music for it. That was Richard Wagner. Yeah! His first complete opera was never performed in his lifetime. That was Richard Wagner, The Fairies. Or Die Fane was the opera. Richard Strauss wrote an opera called Guntram, but it did get a few performances while he was alive. His art was heavily influenced by his father. Well, of course, that was Richard Strauss. Richard Wagner's father died six months after he was born. But, But he did have a stepfather who was an artist and a playwright, Ludwig Geyer definitely had an influence on him. There's a whole you know, another story we can dive into there. He took musical advice from his dog. Well, that would be Richard Wagner, although it might be apocryphal. <laughs> There's a story, I mean, we know he was a dog lover. There's a story that he used to play through chords at his piano and if he hit one that the dog reacted to, he would write it down. Right? <clears throat> I don't know if that's that true or not. That explains a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how we got the Tristan chord? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fido, Fido was hungry. <laughs> All dogs howl to ride in a bubbly. It's sort of like when Bernstein did Omnibus and he had all the different versions of the opening to Beethoven's Fifth yep. Symphony. Right? It was like that with Wagner and the radio, dog. Didn't you? Beethoven needed a dog, right? <laughs> Would have saved a lot of time. Okay. <laughs> he was a college dropout. Well, that was actually Richard Strauss. Wow. Dropped out of the University of Munich after one year. Went to Berlin to make his musical fortune. Uh, Richard Wagner 
didn't drop out of college. He dropped out of like what would have been his high school, but he ended up enrolling at the University of Leipzig. And uh, I don't know if he got a degree, but he didn't drop out. Shady, shady, shady. Yeah. <laughs> One of this person's offers caused a public scandal was banned in many cities, Zalame. including Chicago, New York. Zalame. That was Zalame by Strauss. Strauss. By Richard Strauss. This composer was infam- infamously and famously associated with the Nazi party. I guess mm. it's infamously. Yeah, yeah Richard Strauss was president of the of the uh, like the the music propaganda <laughs> wing of the Nazi party in the mm. early 1930s. But of course Wagner is also, you know, associated by proxy. Yeah. With the party, the greatest composer from Hitler's perspective. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. So that that's a whole so can that of worms. So that's a trick question. Is it a both, or no, do no, we get? Strauss. It's Richard Strauss yeah. because Wagner was only peripherally associated by way of his music. He gets a way worse rap for that. Than he does. Strauss yes. Yeah. Well, Wagner had plenty of things for to get a bad rap. <laughs> 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 and, you know, and Elaine talked about that a little bit. I mean, that's a big, complicated subject that. Everybody has their own individual. I need, I need the waltz. There we go. Yeah, there you go. Their individual uh, thoughts over. Okay, he was fond of wearing heavy perfumes, silk underwear, ruffled shirts, and women's jackets. That was Richard Wagner. Yay! I see pictures of him wearing that stuff. This composer was an expert card player. Strauss. That was Richard Strauss, an expert at playing a card game called Scat. S K A T. Finally, he died from a heart attack after fighting with his wife over one of the flower maidens in Parsifal. That was Richard Wagner, of course. We don't know for sure if that's exactly, you know, what caused his heart attack, but that's the story. I didn't do too So how did we do? What'd you get, Vanessa? How I many? got a 70 percentile. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> well, I got 7 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was going to pull out my slide rule here Jeez. and figure it out. What do you got, Elaine? Uh, 9. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And what do you have? I, uh, I'm the caboose. I have 6 out of 10 and 60th percentile, another F. So 90th percentile goes to Elaine. Well, Mer- Merwin would have probably gotten 10. So. Well, you were you were picking up the picking yeah. up the pace for you and Merwin. So. Right. If we, what, what's it called when you round up? Because the curve? The, the curve. curve. Well, Grading those are, on those a curve. Those are different things, but okay, I see where you're going with this. One yeah. is a distribution of statistics. The other is a, a manipulation of maths. Yeah, that. Yes. Well, I do want to mention that the concert again is happening uh, this weekend, Friday and Saturday at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Toledo Museum of Art, Paris style, Passion and Intrigue. Strauss is Passion, Intrigue is Wagner, right? I'm not sure what Samuel Colors Taylor is, but he's on the program as well. Uh, he's in the middle of this <laughs> tumultuous program. A lot of great music to be heard. Uh, you can find out all about it at ToledoSymphony.com or call the box office at 419-246-8000. I want to thank everybody for coming in today and talking about stuff that, that, I mean, there's so many different things to talk about, but I think we touched on a few things in order to help people understand how these two composers can fit on the same stage together at the same time, right? This program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony, with generous support from the Rita Barber Kern Foundation. You can download episodes of our program as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple and Google Podcasts. 
Don't forget you can check out all the upcoming events at the Symphony by visiting their website at ToledoSymphony.com and their various social media outlets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also find the TSO streaming platform online at stream.artstoledo.com. My thanks to Zach Vasser, Elaine Trudeau, and Vanessa Gardner. I'm Brad Cresswell, and this has been Toledo Symphony Lab from FM 91.